Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Friday, June 18th, 2021. This is Shannon, and I am here with Stacy, Sarah, Brooke, Kristen, and Natalia. And we are talking about July books. It's a little hard for you to believe that 2021 is like halfway done already, um, that we've talked about six months of books, and we're on to number seven. But here we are. So there are lots of fantastic things. Um, we had a few book wars to sort out here <laughs> to determine who would speak about which fabulous books, but I think we have it sorted out. So we are going to dive into the housekeeping information. Then I will turn it over to Brooke, followed by Stacy, then me, Kristen, Sarah, and do we know who's last? Natalia. 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 You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. So my first book for tonight is one I am really, really looking forward to. It's Revealed in Fire, Demon Days, and Vampire Nights, book nine by K.F. Breen. And it comes out on July 2nd. And just a little note, she actually has a book 10 coming out on the 30th of July as well. So those are two that are coming out back to back. So I'm very, very, very excited about July. She she really is Queen Breen. She really is. She can write two books in a month. I know. And her books aren't like an hour and something. Like they're, right, they're, like they're actual substance. Yes. They have substance. So in this book, we get to get back to um, hanging out with Regan. And um, we first met her in Born in Fire. Um, so Regan was really hoping nobody would realize that she had visited the underworld and caused some chaos down there. But of course... That was not ever going to happen. So now Lucifer has realized that there is an heir out there. And he's been looking for his heir because he would like to retire. And I'm, and uh, so now he has sent a big bunch of uh, demons to the surface to find his heir. Because he, he wants to find this person. But the elves do not want there to be an heir. Like, they know what happened. Like, they remember what happened with Lucifer's last heir. Like, he caused so much trouble. And he almost ruined the whole realm. 
So the elves are bound and determined that Regan is not going to um, meet up with Lucifer and that Lucifer is not going to be able to make her all powerful. So now Regan has like kind of friendly foes coming from the back and then she's got Lucifer coming from the front. So I'm really, really looking forward to this book. Regan is a hilarious character and a very strong character. So I'm really looking forward to having her be like the main person. Like we'll still have um, other people from the series. So we'll still get like the banter with all them, but we're actually going to get things more from her perspective. So I'm really looking forward to that. So this is Revealed in Fire, Demon Days and Vampire Nights, book nine by K.F. Breen. And it comes out on July 2nd. So I'm going to talk about a book that I'm not excited about at all and haven't been (laughs) eagerly anticipating (laughs) since she first let the information about this series slip back in. What was it, Sarah? 2013, maybe? 2014? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a really long time that this author has been talking about the Wolven and like getting us all excited about them and not, I mean, I'm not excited at all. I'm just kidding. I just, it's my due diligence. I have to talk about this book. No, I'm just kidding. I can't (laughs) wait to talk about Claimed Lair of the Wolven, book one by the one and only incomparable goddess of paranormal romance, J.R. Ward. Yes, she is the goddess of paranormal romance. So indeed, this book takes place in the Black Dagger Brotherhood world. But it is I know, but (laughs) it is the beginning of a new series. When's it coming out? Well, I'll, oh, I'm sorry. It's coming out on on July 27th. Um, I was so excited oh. about like my like intro spiel about it that I didn't even <laughs> say when it's coming out. So it's coming out on July 27th. And this book is about Lydia. And Lydia is a scientist who's very passionate about protecting the timber wolves. So oh imagine her horror and dismay when she finds out that Hotel Chain has... Um, develop the land, the tract of land that's just beside the preserve where the timber wolves reside. Uh Uh-oh. And she makes her displeasure known. And one night while she's in the forest, Lydia has a life-threatening encounter. But thank goodness, thank goodness that one of the new hires on the wolf study project Mr. Daniel Joseph is there to save her. And (laughs) Daniel is really mysterious, but yet she just really wants to trust him. And, you know, the stakes keep getting higher. One of her coworkers is murdered and she has to decide like, you know, who to trust and what to do and how far she's going to push this thing with the wolves. And then something happens that completely changes her reality forever. And Lydia has to decide, is it going to end for her with true love or, and this is my line, soul crushing despair. So this (laughs) is, so this is claimed the Wolven book one by J.R. Ward. It comes out on July 27th. And I freaking 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 can't wait for this book to come out, you guys. Stacy, yes? what? I mean, 
do you think that Daniel Joseph might be a a wolf? Oh my God, do you think that's true? I don't know. Maybe he claims her. <laughs> I'm really struggling with the idea of like you have wrath and like rage and vicious like these names <laughs> and then you have like the really sort of normal like unassuming Daniel, Daniel Joseph. Joseph and right? it's it's like boggling my mind so my first book tonight takes us in a different direction um we all know that I had a ton of love for Leah Johnson's debut, You Should See Me in a Crown, last year. Um, I talked about it last week for the Pride episode. And I'm so excited because Leah Johnson is releasing her second book this month. It's called Rise to the Sun. And it is a young adult lesbian romance between two like musicians, very like passionate musicians. And I cannot wait to hear her write about, just to see her write about music and the love of music. So we have Tony and Tony is really struggling. Her father has just recently passed away. She's about to start college. She really doesn't want to go and she just doesn't know like how she fits in the world. So she decides that she's going to go to this festival because that's sort of where her father like made it big in the music business. And so she feels like if she goes there, maybe she can kind of reclaim a bit of that love of music and feel closer to her father. Then we have Olivia. And Olivia is reeling from a nasty breakup that has had really terrible consequences for her social life like she's pretty much an outcast now at school her senior year is about to start and everything just seems very very bleak to her so she decides that spending some time at this festival with her best friend is perhaps the only way that she's going to feel better and of course Tony and Olivia meet and sparks fly between them as you would imagine in a romance but Leah Johnson, her writing is so, like, it makes you feel like you're, you've been transported to, you know, the places that she's writing about, but the places are so very like, you know, what we experience on a daily basis. It's not that sort of transportive reading that you get from, you know, a fantasy or historical fiction. It's just like she crafts her characters and her settings with so much care. And I think the more books we have that give us such excellent representation, both sexually and um, racially, it, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. You Should See Me in a Crown is a jewel of a book. Um, it's a book that I recommend like over and over whenever people are looking for something to read because I just love it so much. And I'm hoping that this one, if this one is even like half as good as her debut, it will be a stellar book. So I'm very, very excited. This is Rise to the Sun by Leah Johnson. It's almost here. It comes out on <laughs> July 6th. So I love Nalini Singh. I have Yay. loved 
every side changeling book that she has out, including the Trinity arc, just such a wonderful world to be a part of. And this book is called Last Guard. It is Side Changeling Trinity Book 5. Um, and this introduces a character that I do not recall seeing before. Um, and then another one who I think I know who he is, but I'm not completely sure. So we're going to see. <laughs> I'll tell you if I've heard of him. <laughs> so I'm not sure how you say this, but the way it looks, I think it's Payal. Um, P-A-Y-A-L. Um, she is a psi and she is a cardinal telekinetic, which Ooh. I love those psi. They're pretty awesome. I do too. Yes. Um, she's the perfect psi. She's beautiful. She's emotionless. She's just everything a psi should be. And then you have Canto. Cantos? Canto? Mercant, who I believe is Silver's brother. Silver. I think. I think that's true. I'm not Sarah, but I think it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I recall her mentioning him in Silver Silence, I believe. So that's where I'm getting that from. If he's not her brother, he's definitely in the family. So he is a pretty strong sigh in his own right, but he's considered defective in his race yes he is considered defective by his own race because of a spinal injury in the signet he is a very powerful powerful anchor in the signet he is one of these people you know that they or one of the side that you know they're not supposed to have emotion but he doesn't really care for the opinions of many and I can totally understand that. <laughs> but he's viciously protective of those he considers his own. But he kind of prefers to just be a shadow in the net and to do his job quietly unless there's need for more. Um, what I can gather from the synopsis is that him and Payal have a past, a dark past. Ooh. But with everything happening with the Psynet and it threatening to collapse and pretty much kill the Psy as a race, um, he, he is an anchor. She is an anchor in her own right. And to protect his people, and especially those he cares about and considers his own, he is going to have to call on Payal to help him with this we don't know exactly what's going on um but if you've read the rest of the series the the signet becomes very unstable um there's they they've always taught their people to believe that they can't leave the signet without dying um and that turns out not to be completely true and so the whole signet has been pretty unstable for a while in different ways So this kind of leads me to believe that this book is going to have a lot of um, side dropping from the net somewhere. Um, There may even be some sort of virus going around because there are side that can 
um, release viruses into the Synet, which is oh, very scary. That's no good. Um, oh, that's awful. I think, I think Nikita, Sasha's mother, was one of those people who can do that. Um, not oh. that she would, but there, but I mean, she she's could. one of them that could. Um, so this looks really, really good. I am hoping and praying that it is all I hope it to be because while the last one, it was good, but it let me down just a little bit. So I'm hoping that this makes up for that for me because everything else has been so amazing. So this again, unless Sarah has anything to add. No, just yay. Okay. (laughs) Um, So this book is called Last Guard, Side Changeling Trinity number five by Nalini Singh. And it comes out on July 20th. And if you have not read this series yet, you can start with Slave to Sensation, Side Changeling number one. And that is a beautiful story as well. Way back in the beginning. I read the first 13 in the series. And then... I got distracted as I do sometimes. I need to go back. I haven't read any of the side Trinity books. Oh, they're good. And you don't think they're going to be you got as a good. couple like, more to oh. This is a big surprise, but I'm actually not talking about something paranormal. <gasps> what? I know. I know. I don't know <laughs> you quite what to do. No about it. paranormals this time. I don't. I saw but that, that. But that's because yeah. though, a lot of people are talking about paranormals that I like. So it's like, true. This is okay. Well, thank you for but, letting me have such. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> I was just excited that people did not fight me about my first book. What if you and me say everything book two by Ronnie Lauren. And this oh. book is coming out on July 6th. And I love this series so much. I have not read any other Ronnie Lauren books. She wrote another series um, that featured people who were, um, the survivors, in a, survivors. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't want to say about school they didn't do it. Yeah, they were survivors of a school shooting, but it was like ten Ooh. years later. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this series takes place. Um, I don't remember what city they're in, but the first book I'm not going to talk way about, but I have to say a little because um, the main character from this book is very is is a very big part of the first book, and the first book is about a woman who has a diagnosis of Tourette's and she leaves her kind of overprotective family and she forces herself outside of her bubble. She's very self-conscious of like her tics and stuff. And she Mm -hmm. forces herself outside of her bubble and goes to work at like this big building and like lives on her own. And um, it's just a really amazing book and I don't want to get too much into it, but she has a hard time making friends. She has a lot of social anxiety and she meets this girl um, who's also working in her building um, who is a horror novelist and a serial crime podcaster. And so this girl is like this jubilant, sunshiny girl. (laughs) And her name is Andy. And it's so like, it's so confusing because she's so like sunshiny and joyful. And she talks about true crime and she's a horror writer. And it just doesn't really like add up. But so this story is about Andy and Andy is actually quite a frightened person. She had something very bad happen to her several years ago. Um, We don't know what it is. And so she feels like she's really kind of come a long way. She's coming out of her shell. She's doing well with her horror novels and she's really taking off with her true crime podcast. 
and she feels like things are going well, except for that her neighbor is so noisy at night. He's noisy. <laughs> and he's like grumpy and noisy. And I've had those neighbor- kinds of neighbors. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like wallbanger noisy, Sarah? Or like No, noisy, okay, like okay. stomping around his apartment oh. at all hours. Ugh. But you see, her neighbor's name is Hill. And Hill. Hill? Hill? Well, Hill. Yes, I, I, unless um, I'm reading the name wrong, but it sounded like Hill. <laughs> and he has raging insomnia. He um, is a firefighter who lost part of his leg in a rescue gone wrong. And he's really struggling because he doesn't really know where he fits in the world anymore. And he is like, you know, going through a lot and has insomnia. And he really doesn't want to notice his super cute redheaded neighbor. But one night, someone breaks into Andy's place. Oh, oh geez. And oh, Hill, because he's an insomniac, um, is awake and hears. And so he goes and saves her or helps her out or whatever. And um, they start to become friends. And then they fall in love. And it could be really, really a beautiful thing if Andy would just get out of her own way and stop being so afraid and the world is scary. And so Andy really is going to have to go through a lot in order to, in order to be in a place where she can love and be loved. So if you want to read oh. a really great series, I'm so excited for this book. It's called what if you and me say everything book two, and it comes out on July 6th. Oh, and it's by Ronnie Lauren. Themed book. That everybody seems to want to talk about. Yes. Why don't we talk about it? Let's play. This book is, isn't it romantic? Yes, it is. Romance Book Club 4. I want it so bad. By Lissa K. Adams. And for those of y'all that just joined the podcast or um, have been faithful listeners, you should know that we interviewed Lissa K. Adams about her third romance book club book, Stacy and I, not too long ago. She's so delightful. She great, is. It was a great interview. And she told me this wonderful thing that I just, I oh my goodness, I couldn't like believe. But the Russian gets a novel. So we excited. screamed. We screamed in the interview. I'll never forget yes. it. Like I was I so. Like, <laughs> I'm sure that Shannon was embarrassed to have known us at that point. Oh no! No, no. It, was, it was very beautiful. I liked it. <laughs> yes. So this is the story the about Russian. the Russian. Oh my now, god! The Russian actually has a name. I was just going to ask you if he did. Yes, he does. Which is something. <laughs> I feel like we never learned, but we do we know learn, but we always call him the now. Russian. He even calls himself the Russian. Like, right. you know, yes. we're, we're not, we're not being terrible people that don't name no. people. He introduces himself as the Russian. So <laughs> it's not, it's not me, but his name is actually, can you guess? Vlad. And oh. Vlad has an incredible passion for romance novels. So it was only a matter of time before he wrote one. so now we have this lady that we have never met before her name is elena konnikova and she's lived her entire life in the shadows because she is the daughter of a russian journalist that mysteriously disappeared so what did she do she escapes danger 
the only way she knows how by marrying her childhood friend Vladimir and moving the to Russian. the United States where he's a professional hockey player in Nashville. Now, did y'all know he was a hockey player? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, Vlad, also known as the Russian, thought that he could be happy with his marriage of convenience, but it's become too difficult to continue a one-sided relationship. Oh, so he jo- oh. he actually joined the bromance book club to learn how to make his wife love him but all he's learned from watching his friends have successful bromances or well well, romances (laughs) is is that he deserves more so maybe it's time for him to create his own sweeping romance both on and off the page okay Meanwhile, the bros are not willing to let poor Vlad do this operation of love finding solo. Oh. So they join forces with Vlad's neighbors, who are a group of meddling <laughs> widows who call themselves the loners. Oh my God. I can already oh hear the like, laughter. Wait, they call themselves the what? The and loners. The loners. The loners. Okay. Yes. And just like, just when things start looking <laughs> promising, Elena's past life intrudes and their happily ever after is cast into doubt. Oh, no. <laughs> so juicy, juicy. So I wonder how this is going to play out. Widows, um, disappearing people, marriage of convenience, the lonely writing ball, a romance, writing yes. a romance novel. My catnip and i just want to say that i hope in this one she included scenes from novels they were reading like in the first book because i yes. really liked that or or what he's writing i mean perhaps that's gonna oh. be what she includes which exactly. would also be fun that i would have also never read these and I, I am need, so, I so excited so this is isn't it romantic romance book club book four by lissa k adams and it's coming out tomorrow right no. I wish. No. no, July. July, July the 20th. Six. The day oh. before my son's birthday. So there my second book for tonight is A Good Day for Chardonnay. Sunshine <laughs> Vikram Book 2 by Dorinda Jones. And oh, it comes out on July 26th. Yes. So... This is the second book, as you can see. So we already, in in this series, we have Sunshine Vikram, and she is the sheriff of a small police department in um, the mountains of New Mexico. And you would think (laughs) that being the sheriff of a small um, force that it would be pretty simple like you might have some days when you can drink lots of coffee have a bunch of donuts go home <laughs> and order pizza but nope <laughs> not for sunny nope. well for sunny she's got a barroom brawl that has gone wild she has a teenage daughter who is hunting a serial killer wow <laughs> i know way. And she's trying to figure out, like, what happened when she was abducted several years ago. She wants to know who did it, why it happened. Like, she just wants to know. She just doesn't remember anything. So a lot of people think that 
this distiller family guy, um, Levi, is responsible. But she she knows Levi and she has feelings for Levi and she believes that he's definitely not guilty, but that he probably knows something. So she just wants to know like what's what. And so we've got all this happening and sorry people, but that is all she wrote. <laughs> so that's all I can <laughs> give you. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to it. The first book was amazing. I loved it so much. That was actually the first book I'd ever read of Dorinda Jones. So that kind of got me into some of her other books after that, which are so different <laughs> from this one. So this is a good day for Chardonnay. Sunshine Vikram book two and it's by Dorinda Jones and it comes out on July 26th. I can't wait for this. I loved A Bad Day for Sunshine. It was so good. It really, really was. And it's it it you've got a lot of emotion in that book too. And I want to give a little trigger warning because there is talk of suicide in the first book. Ah um that's good uh, to know suif- suicide of young children so if Ooh. that yeah so i'm gonna shift gears a little bit and i'm gonna talk about historical fiction which i haven't i don't think i've talked about in a while you haven't. i haven't and this is um a book by an author that i've really enjoyed in the past especially last year's offering um the book of names this is Kristen harmel harmel and um I keep wanting to say The Forest of Hands and Teeth, which is a post-apocalyptic book. <laughs> this book is not a post-apocalyptic book. So this is The Forest of Vanishing Stars by Kristen Harmel, and it comes out on July 6th. And the I'm going to just be very honest and say that the, um, the synopsis is a little um, sparse on detail. So here's what I know. There once was a young woman in the wilderness of Eastern Europe. Oh. And this young woman, name unknown, was kidnapped from her wealthy German parents and has been raised in the wilderness. Well, in 1941, her kidnapper dies and she's living in the wilderness in Eastern Europe. And she comes across a group of Nazis. Uh, Oh my gosh. No, she doesn't. What? She comes across a group of Jewish people who are fleeing for their lives. And she decides that she is going to teach them about the forest. And they're going to teach her about what in the actual heck is going on in the world right now. Oh, cause she well, wouldn't know. She wouldn't know cause she's been in the wilderness. Right. And so she, she helps them get to safety, but at some point she's betrayed. And so she runs to this German occupied village where her past and present collide in a sort of catastrophic way. Oh. And my darlings, that's all I know about the Forest of Vanishing Stars. But what I know is that Kristen Hermel can tell a damn good story. And this looks really interesting and fascinating. And um, I will be very excited to read it upon its release day, which is July 6th. I could be into this. It's different, you know, it's, it's World War II, but it's like, 
you know, World War II in the wilderness. It's, you know, running and hiding. And, um, you know, it's, it's maybe learning things about yourself that you didn't know because you meet up with other people. It's, you know, learning about your past in weird ways. So I'll be very interested to see, you know, how this kind of develops once I actually have the book. So I am talking about The Seven Day Switch by Kelly Harms. It comes out on July 1st. And, you know, the synopsis of this was not at first something that I thought I would like, but I really love Harms' writing. And so I just, I have to have this. So this is the story of Wendy and Celeste, and they are neighbors who are total opposites. Um, Wendy is this almost like productivity expert. Um, She has being a working mom down to a science. Everything is on a schedule. Her life just sort of runs like clockwork. And that's exactly how she likes it. Celeste is more of a free spirit. She raises her children with very few rules. Um, She doesn't pay a lot of attention to time. You know, she's, she's just, she wants to focus on the things that she feels are important. And these two women hate each other like so much. And then something happens. And this is where it gets a little strange and where I, I wasn't sure at first that I, I could play along, but I think I can. Somehow, each woman wakes up in the other's body. And Hi. so they are living each other's lives for seven days. And this, you know, teaches them basically sort of to look at the other side and just kind of understand perhaps why people make different choices than we do. And that, you know, maybe we don't have to hate people who aren't like us. Um, Last year, I was utterly captivated by the bright side of going dark. Oh, me too. And I am just so excited for this one. So it's The Seven Day Switch by Kelly Harms, and it comes out on July 1st, and I want it now. Me too. I love Kelly Harms. Um, Kelly Harms. If you like um, retellings. I do. I do. 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 (laughs) Um, This says that it is a... um, not it's similar to little red riding hood Ooh, Ooh, cool. this says it it's <laughs> for those who like stephanie garber or megan uh megan spooner Ooh, oh megan spooner i've megan never spooner. read either one of them so oh, megan spooner the hunted right Stacey? yeah that the was hunted? really good hunted that was good mm-hmm. hunted okay, yeah. so this is uh red wolf by rachel vincent it looks like a standalone it looks good it, it does, does. Look good. And it will be out on, according to Goodreads, July 20th. So here we go. This looks so amazing. So Adele is 16. And just like everybody in her village of Oakvale, she's been told to avoid the woods that surround the village because they are filled with monsters of like just horrible horrible monsters and the woods are very dark Mm -hmm. light cannot penetrate these woods so she has been told all of her life to avoid the woods unless it is absolutely necessary 
But unlike oh, uh, most of the villagers, she has a secret. She oh. is one of the guardian, which is a group of women who have the ability to shift into wolves. And it is oh. their job to keep the village safe from these monsters in the woods. But oh, wow. they are not known about. They're a secret group. And so unless you are one of them, you don't know about them. So there comes a time when, you know, she's always been very proud of this position and that she was, you know, I guess chosen in her own right to be one of these protectors. But there will come a time when she has to decide whether her, the secret matches up with her own values and what she really wants in life because she will have to decide whether keeping the secret and following her own values is worth um, staying one of the protectors and leaving behind somebody that she loves or if she can live this life as a guardian and leave behind her love and um, wow. you know, respect her position, follow her position. So that's really all we know. We don't really know what happens to make her question all of this, but it looks so good. And I really like this thought of um, a secret protector society kind of thing. And yes. the fact that it's a group of women. Who become Not wolves. men and women, but just women who become wolves. That is awesome to me. That's cool. So this book is called Red Wolf by Rachel Vincent, and it will be out on July 20th. Rachel Vincent is amazing. I've never read anything Natalia's muted, so she won't say it until she unmutes, <laughs> but I will I'm say not- it for her. I've never read any of her books. What? Oh, you have no. not read Rachel I haven't, Vincent? I haven't either. I haven't either. I haven't either. No. Well, <laughs> let's just stay in the theme of retellings for a little yes. while, shall we? Yes. I just so, remembered what yay. your book is going to be, and I'm excited. <laughs> well, I'm really excited because, to be honest with you, I saw the author and I saw the title, and I was like, yee! And I didn't even look at the <laughs> synopsis until today. And then I looked at the synopsis, and then I was like, like, I'm so excited now <laughs> to read it. <laughs> so I know. So this book is called Incense and Sensibility, and it's by <gasps> the amazing Sonali Dev. And it's the third in her series. And I, I'm sorry, Raja? I'm blanking on in the third in her Raja series. Um, the first one, in case you want to start at the beginning, is Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors. The second one is Recipe for Persuasion. Oh, Natalie talked about that one. Yes. yes, yes. And I talked about one of them as well. So Incense and Sensibility, which is coming out on July 6th, tells the story of Raj. He is the first candidate for governor who is Indian in California. And so Raj has some pretty strict um, rules for himself. He has a very, um, a mantra that he often repeats, which is, control your emotions, control the world, which means that he is so, he doesn't, he doesn't allow himself to feel. He is very controlled. 
Yes. yes he's like a sigh, except for this is not paranormal. So it's picture true. your whole life, like pushing down these emotions. And he's like pretty, he's pretty cocky. You know, his life is pretty darn good till he's at a rally and like a hate, um, um, I, somebody reaches out, like, I'm going to say hate crime, but that's not the word. It's like a hate, um, it is like a hate crime. In, hate crime. Yeah, it's like a hate crime. And, um, hit one of his friends is seriously injured and this starts to just kind of knock down his whole smug control your control your emotions control the world so he thinks he pushes everything back down that he's okay he goes back out on the campaign trail has a panic attack and blacks out so the family reaches out desperate to help Raj and get him kind of back under control. They reach out to Raj's sister's best friend, India Lockwood, who is California's like premier stress management coach. And she was the child of yoga teachers. And for the past 10 years, I know. And for the past 10 years in San Francisco, she's been working with very high strung clients without missing a breath. She does a wonderful job staying calm and calming people down. However, Rosh is starting to realize that his tightly controlled life may not be as controlled as possible and that he can't push everything down, including the passionate night he had with a live with India 10 years ago. And so secrets may need to come out. And Rosh, after spending his whole life pushing everything down, is starting to realize that he may not be able to do everything and be everything for his family. And that he may, he may need to change his life's priorities. So if anybody Mm. else is as fascinated as I am by this book, then you may want to pick up on July 6th, Incense and Sensibility by Sonali Dev. I'm going to go back and read the first two. I, I, I was, I have recipe for persuasion, but for whatever reason, I haven't read it yet. So I'm going to go back and read them both. So I really get familiar with the family and all these characters. Um, These are really really good blind rep in um, Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors. It's a supporting Ooh, character. Really? And she loses her sight. I'm trying to think sight. who it is. Um, oh. I can't remember her name. Yeah. Um, She's pretty normal, though, I think. I think she even, like, has a life. Yeah, yeah, she <laughs> does. Like, she, she loses she? her sight. Yeah, she's, like, first we see her in the hospital, and she's losing her sight, and oh. she doesn't really know, oh. you know, Oh, yes. But the the okay. grieving, like, you know, the, the grief, I think, is done really well. And then also sort of showing her yes. that, you know, she's able to live a full and complete life, even without sight. And I thought That's that right. it was it was really, really well done. And for Shannon's own good, I took this book from her. What is it? iPad hands or yeah, you like took it, just took it back from me. Like I, I took it from you, it. and then you just took it back. Yes, it's like a t- book tug of war. And if it is, if you didn't guess it already, this book is called "For Your Own Good" by Samantha <laughs> Downing. And I would say mm. that Samantha Downing writes these suspense novels that you just never know what's going to happen. Oh, it's so true. No matter how many thrillers you've read, a Samantha Downing is always going to be fresh. So this book is about Teddy Crusher, and he's won Teacher of the Year at the esteemed Belmont Academy, which happens to be a really posh 
kind of school for the best and brightest. Of course. And, you know, according to Teddy, his wife couldn't be more proud of him. <laughs> Though no one's no one's seen her in a while. And on top of that, Teddy just really can't be bothered with the death of a school parent that's looking more and more like murder or even the student that is digging a little too deep into his personal life because mm. his main focus is pushing these kids to their full academic potential. So all he wants at the end of the day is for his colleagues and endless meddlesome parents to stay out of his way. And, you know, it's really too bad that sometimes excellence can come at such a high cost. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's too bad. <laughs> too bad. This is kind of like making me think of my um, minor, what is it? Minor dramas. Minor dramas yes. and minor catastrophes, is it? Other catastrophes. And other catastrophes, but like with a really dark twist. With like a murderous twist, yes. Because mm-hmm. minor dramas is lovely, but like... Lovely, like not Nobody's, creepy. no. And, you know, apparently this book seems to like tick all the boxes. Prestigious private school, interfering yes. parents, overeager students, and one teacher who just needs to teach them all, all a lesson they will never forget. So That's this not good. <laughs> is for your own good. And now, when did we ever hear that line by anybody Always. where it actually meant something good? Oh, mother dearest. Uh, mother dearest. It just depends. July 20th, 2021. I'm actually glad day. my parents are not American and I never had to hear that one. It's for your own good, babe. It's for your own good. Oh. I still hear it. I'm 31. Oh. I still hear it. <laughs> okay, so my last book for tonight is Capture the Crown, Gargoyle Queen, book one by Jennifer Estep. And it comes out on July 6th. So Ooh, this book day. is a it new is. trilogy that she's um, starting, and it takes place in the same world as the uh, Kingdom of Shards, or the Crown of Shards books. So in this book, we meet Gemma Ripley, and Gemma, everyone kind of thinks that she's kind of materialistic. Um, they think that's all she cares about is pretty dresses and um, jewelry and that she really doesn't care about learning um, how to be a royal, I guess, uh, just how to be a royal, really. Um, but this is actually a very well put together, like, I guess, image that she is portraying. Um, in reality, she's actually a spy and she's hiding the fact that she is a powerful well, she's a, she's a very powerful magic magier. that magier. does something with the mind. Okay? That's how we're going to describe her. He's a magier. So, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So, um, she's currently undercover trying to discover who's um, stealing... What's the stone called? Oh, Tearstone. So there's some Tearstones going missing from the um, Ridley, one of the Ridley Royal Mines. 
and she, it's her job to discover like who's stealing it. And I'm not sure what the tear stone does, but because she's looking into it, it must be pretty serious. Um, as she's doing this, she comes across um, Prince Leo, and he is pr- a prince from a kingdom where her family really doesn't get along with this, his family. They're like kind of mortal enemies, really. And so she's trying to stay away from him because she knows it's just not going to lead to anything good. But there's this attraction that's kindling between them. And as she's unburying the plot um, regarding the tearstone, she's also unburying some things that are going on and it's getting her into trouble. But Leo is going to help her out. And so is her gargoyle friend. And his name is Grimly. I am so excited. Gargoyles. Gargoyles are so cool. So far, I think Yasmin does the best. Yasmin does the best. Um, Raj, I love him. I love Raj. Me too. So I think Although I really like um, Jennifer Armentrout gargoyles, like in um, like the Harbinger books. Like I I like those gargoyles. Yeah, yeah. Those are ones are good too. But I like the like the pet gargoyle ones. Like the the little ones. Yes. Yeah, those are the new ones. So I'm really, gargoyle. really looking forward to seeing how, like, because we like the the Harbinger ones. So I'm looking forward to seeing how does Estep, how does she do? Gargoyles. How does she do gargoyles? Yeah. So that's about all I know about this book. And I'm really looking forward to it. I really, really liked the Crown of Shards trilogy. So I am pretty sure that this one's going to be good. So this is Capture the Crown. Gargoyle Queen, book one by Jennifer Estep, and it comes out on July 6th. Yay. Thank My you. third book tonight is The Lots of Sugarberry Cove by Heather Weber. And this book comes out on July 20th. It's set in a small town in Alabama. And this book is about Sadie Wayscott. And Sadie Way Scott has stayed away from her family and the small town of Sugarberry Cove where she grew up ever since she almost drowned in the lake. (laughs) So kind of sucks. Like I wouldn't want to go back there either. Probably some bad memories. (laughs) Now it's eight years later and Sadie Way Scott is now the host of a beloved show about southern cooking and family oh lord. and oh lord indeed they had this well, food episode that's right mm. I, it did not come out yet so i could not speak of it well then her sister leela claire no leela claire is that a leela it's l-e-a-l-a leela 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 i'm going with either Lila. either leela or lila one of those leela claire She's at a crossroads in her marriage, is our Leela Claire. And she should be happy. But Leela Claire is carrying around a suitcase full of guilt about her sister's near drowning in the lake. So now we have their mother, who has a heart attack just before 
the water la- water lantern festival that takes place in Sugarberry Cove every year. So the sisters have to band together to run her mother's B and B, her her mother's inn, um, oh, for this festival. This looks and so good. I yes, know it does. It, does. it looks Sounds just good. splendid. So, but here's what happens: <laughs> the sisters have to come together. And with the help of some of the more interesting guests that are staying at the B&B, they might discover, you know, um, some ways to repair relationships and to, you know, get a little lake magic in their lives. Oh, so wow. I know I just said half this book, like in this really like, like ridiculous, awesome, like fake, over the top, like um, <laughs> offensive Southern accent. And I'm really sorry, but I. You know, I'm with not. or without the twang, I'm really <laughs> excited about this book. I discovered Heather Weber last year during the pandemic, and I binged back to back both Midnight at the Blackbird Cafe and South oh, of the Buttonwood Tree. And that's the- Heather Weber? Yes! yes. Oh, you didn't even know! I didn't know. <clears throat> I'm sorry. She's written a couple series as well that are, um, I, I don't know if they're mysteries or what they are, but but these were just kind of standalone women's fiction novels that were just so gorgeous with a little bit of magical realism and so i'm sort of um expecting some of the same with the lights of sugarberry cove i I think it's going to be another gorgeous book she just really has a way of writing these down-to-earth characters that evoke very strong emotion at least to me when i'm reading and they feel like they could be friends she writes these small towns that are very odd and zany and interesting and you kind of want to go and live there And, Mm. you know, I just, I really, really love her books a lot. And I know Natalia is cursing my name because I took this book this month and we did not get the chance to thumb wrestle, thumb wrestle for it. But I think if we would have, she would have won. She's kind of scrappy. Bless your heart. (laughs) Bless my heart. I know. I'm so glad you blessed my heart. Bless your thumb. (laughs) (laughs) So this again is The Lights of Sugarberry Cove by Heather Weber, and it comes out on July 20th. And I'm super stoked to read this book, friends, because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think there's going to, I love the fact that she's going to be talking about Southern food, I would assume, in this book. Um, Mm, And I I just think it's going to be a really fun summer read. So in 2013, I read a book that I really didn't like. Oh, I'm sorry. Me too, because the <laughs> synopsis like looked really, really good. And I, I kept thinking, like, it has to get better, right? It has to. And it just never did. It was long and tedious. And I was just like, what the hell? So this was Mrs. Lincoln's Dressmaker by... Oh, I know that. I remember seeing that. Yes, by Jennifer Chavarini. And Duh. it is... So it's, it's the Women's March, and it's by Jennifer Chiaverini. It is that the synopsis looks really good to me again. And I, I didn't think I would sort of fall into this trap of, like, trying to read another one of her books since I really <laughs> didn't like the first one. But I'm going for it because this is a novel of the 1913 women's suffrage procession. Oh, interesting. And I feel like we don't hear a lot about the work that women did Um, to get the vote. And I think there's a lot to be said about the ways in which that happened and the ways in which it was sort of deliberately done to 
benefit white women, but not women of color. And I really was intrigued by the synopsis of this. And so I am going to read it. Um, And I I hope that I like it more than I did the other one. Um, So this is the story of Alice. And Alice has recently come from fighting on the front lines of the suffrage movement in Britain. And she knows that people in the United States have done some work to give women the vote in like nine states. And so that's good, she figures. But she really thinks that it needs to be something federal. It needs to be applied all across the board. And so she decides that she is going to organize a march of women in Washington, D.C. to march sort of right on Pennsylvania Avenue and you know, make a point of saying like, we, we need the right to vote. So she does this and she's joined by a librarian Mm. who is, I think a little bit skeptical of women's suffrage at first. Um, And she's also joined by an African-American woman who is really determined to do whatever she can to make sure that black women are included in in this right to vote. And we follow these three women as they're kind of preparing for this march. And then as the march actually happens, and apparently we get to see how it's derailed by a group of very angry men who do not want women to vote. So this is definitely (laughs) um, historical fiction of like, it's, it's one of the things that I like best about historical fiction that's done well is the ability to really look into the pieces of history that perhaps we don't know enough about mm-hmm. and to learn about them in a way that is engaging and still educational. Now, granted, this means that we sort of expect authors to have done their research and not to like spin us, you know, whitewashed tales. Um, So I think you can't necessarily like take everything you read in historical fiction as fact, but it is a thing that I really like because it allows me to like ask those questions that I might not have asked. And then I can go back and look things up if I'm not sure what's true. So this is the women's March by Jennifer Chiaverini and it comes out on July 27th. So my final book of the night ladies <laughs> is called six crimson cranes six crimson cranes book one <laughs> by elizabeth lim l-i-m and this looks like epically good so there is this young girl she is the only princess in of her um, land country I'm not sure where it is Um, because it doesn't say and she has forbidden magic running through her veins and she has always been really careful to keep that under wraps but on the morning of her betrothal she loses control and kind of in the beginning of this, she kind of thinks it might be a blessing in disguise because it postpones a wedding she never wanted. And 
another secret comes out, it gets the attention of her stepmother. Uh Uh-oh. And her stepmother also has dark magic. And she banishes the princess. And and her stepmother. Yes. And she turns her six brothers into cranes. Oh, Oh, it's like this the, sounds like Juliet Marillier. Yes, it's like the the twelve swan myth, the uh, oh, but with cranes. Um, I have yes. no idea what that is. Sorry. <laughs> oh, but, Seven um, waters. I will have to look it up. So, once she turn, turns her brothers into cranes and she banishes her, um, she cannot speak of any of this. It because is. with it's any like word she, yes. <laughs> so she speaks about it, one of her brothers will die. Oh, well, that so, part's not like it. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes on this. She has to go kind of without money. She's not allowed to talk about anything. So she goes on this search for her brothers, trying to save them. And in her process of doing this she learns of a conspiracy um to overthrow the throne of her country and she is obviously the only one that can save them yes obviously mm -hmm. and so she also has to turn to the boy that she fought so hard not to marry (gasps) in order to help her do this the drama so this looks so so amazing. Oh, and it does. I can't wait to read this. Um, I'm gonna see if I can pre-order it. So this is six crimson cranes, six crimson cranes, book one by Elizabeth Lim, and it will be out beautifully on July sixth. Oh my god, I'm not usually a fantasy girl and this sounds like it could be on the cusp of like a young adult, but I need this. It's like Seven Waters now. Yes, Yes. if you want a read-alike, or at least it sounds like a read-alike to this, I guess I can't really say since like we haven't read this. yet. (laughs) Right, but it sounds like it with lovely, lovely uh, Celtic mythology. Um, It's the Seven Waters books. The first book is called Daughter of the Forest, and they're by Juliet Marillier, and I highly recommend them. They are yep. so, so lovely. So I hope my boss isn't listening to this podcast because on July 1st, I think I'm going to get a really bad sore throat. So really, as I'm, as I'm pretending to hack, really, I'll be twirling in glee because the mixtape by Brittany C. Cherry oh is going God, to be my out. Favorite, favorite contemporary author. Yes, you're welcome. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, you're Sarah, welcome. for oh, you're welcome for sharing Brittany C. Cherry with all of those in your orbit because I did oh, not know about her until you told so, me. You're so welcome. <laughs> so, oh, bless so, your heart. <laughs> so, this is the story of Oliver, who is a rock star in a band and he is really at a very low point in his life. Um, His twin brother has died 
And he is really in this awful feeling, an awful part of his life where he's trying to please his fans, but also find himself because as someone who is a twin can tell you, which I am a twin. I'm a twin too. You, yes, you really? are. He's alive. And Might, no, yeah. but what I'm saying is if the you connection. were to lose your twin, you wouldn't oh. know who you were because a huge part of your identity is being is is being part of the twins part mm-hmm. of the whole oh. you're uh, you're your own person but you're kind of this half of a whole and right. so he's really struggling and so he starts drinking mm-hmm. but he doesn't do it very well and um paparazzi are like following him around and like hounding him and they they catch him at like a really low point in his life and he wanders into a bar in california out of all the bars he could have wandered into, he wanders into a bar where Emery is the bartender and Emery is me. struggling. Me too. And she has no support system and she's mm-hmm. raising her daughter by herself in working in this bar. And she meets Oliver and helps him at a very low point in his life. And they are like slowly and shyly. They fall in love with each other, but then they both have to deal with elements of their lives that might interfere with their love. It holds them back. And so this story is about two people who find hope and who find love and who put themselves back together. And yes, I I know. It sounds like a great story. It will be lovely. Brittany oh Cherry God. is an amazing author. I have not read anything that wasn't a five-star read. And Natalia, just so you know, this is how much I love Brittany Cherry. I've read several books where the majority of the book, they're like 18. Yep. That is how much I love Brittany Cherry. Very good. She is an amazing author. Huh. Yeah. Are you yeah. adult, I guess? Venue. Yeah. On my 18-year-old's behalf. Yes. Yes. Um, so she everybody. Yeah. Beautiful. Hold on. Everybody yeah. should read the mixtape by Brittany C. Cherry coming out July 1st. I might be sick that day. <laughs> My last up. book, the last book of the night <laughs> is What's Left Unsaid by Emily Bleeker. Another thriller. Lots of thrillers in July, huh? This is a novel novel of secrets, second chances, and confronting the past. This is about a journalist in Chicago, Hannah Williamson, who is in Xanatopia, Mississippi. Xanatopia, Mississippi, to care for her ailing grandmother. And um, she's, you know, grieving some losses that we don't know about that apparently were devastating. And on top of that, she's enduring grunt work at a small newspaper. But while looking at the archives, Hannah discovers a compelling distraction. It's a series of rejected articles from the 1930s that illuminate a long hidden mystery shooting that happened. I want this now. The articles are read by a young woman named Evelyn. And they're talking about first love, trauma, her survival of said mysterious shooting that um, left her paralyzed at the age of 14. And what's more, the articles stir up more questions than answers. 
And Hannah mm-hmm. becomes consumed with what is left unsaid. Yeah. Because for Hannah, this is a chance to move forward and bring closure to the story of the girl whose secrets are buried. But she's about to discover that even after a century, perhaps the truth she's looking for has the power to change lives, especially her own. Look for it on July 27th, 2021. What's Left Unsaid by Emily Bleeker. Oh my God, I want this. I want this right now. All right. So this <laughs> wraps up an epic <laughs> podcast episode. Um, I opened up our Zoom room at like one minute before 8.30 on Friday, the 18th of June. It is now one eighteen. <gasps> A.M. Oh, dear <laughs> on Jesus. Saturday, June 19th. <laughs> happy Juneteenth, everyone. Juneteenth. Indeed, happy Juneteenth. We are here on Juneteenth, and I like we, um, it, it's Could just very awesome. I'm happier. glad that it's recognized finally. But this was not intended to be a five hour episode. Um, and as you <laughs> listen to this episode and you realize like how much you haven't heard, I want you all to like <laughs> bow down to our fantastic editor who does more work, I think, than any of you realize to make these podcasts um, something that you actually enjoy listening to instead of just us like devolving. We love you. So, we do. <laughs> we do. So I want to thank my crew tonight of Stacy, Brooke, Natalia, Kristen, and Sarah. And as I said, we have a fantastic editor. We are very grateful. And thank you so much to all of you who join us each week as we talk about fantastic books. I'm Mike, to be I hope you enjoy our books this week. Happy reading. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.